So when you spot a plant out in the world that sends a clear visual message to back off, it's very likely that it has something to offer your immune system. And one plant that sends that message clearly is sea buckthorn. And that's what I'm here to talk to you about today. And with me are two of my favorite colleagues who will share their wisdom as well. So who am I? I'm Lauren Hubele, and I'm a health coach and I'm a gemotherapy expert. And I've invited Terry Brooks with me, who is a specialist in plants. Terry, welcome. Good morning, good morning, uh, good afternoon. Hello everyone, whatever time you're watching this. Glad to be here. Let's all welcome spring back together. I know you're a little ahead of me, but it's coming. Great, thanks Terry. And I'd like to also welcome Megan Lynn, who's an acupuncturist. Megan, welcome. Hi everyone, hi Lauren and Terry. My name is Megan Lamp and I am in St. Louis, Missouri and I practice acupuncture and body work. And yes, we are certainly welcoming spring here. Everything is bursting into bloom and as you can see, the sun is shining behind me. Yeah, it is, beautiful. Well, I can't wait to talk about sea buckthorn. It's truly one of my favorite extracts and I personally have been using it since we discovered it in um, our research work about two years ago. So Terry, what can you tell me about sea buckthorn, the shrub? I love this plant too, although I'm not familiar with it in person. <laughs> but um, sea buckthorn is called Hippophae angustifolia. And hippo, part of that name, means horse. And the fae part of that name means shining. And we'll, we'll see how that comes about, but it's also been known as sea berry and sand thorn. It's a deciduous shrub that's native to Mongolia, Russia, Northern Europe. It grows in zones th three to seven, so it's wide, widely spread throughout the zones. It's exceptionally hardy. It tolerates poor soil and temperatures down to minus 45 degrees Fahrenheit. It can grow up to 20 feet tall. And like I said, it's exceptionally hardy. It tolerates poor soils. Um, and, and it does require good drainage, however. It does require sun and good drainage. It has very stiff, thorny branches, which is where we get that idea about it stands out and then you know, it gets your attention. Its leaves are long and slender, kind of like a willow. And the alternate side of it has that whitish sheen where that angustifolia part of its species name comes from. Um, the male and female flowers are on separate plants. So in this case, if you're growing this plant for the berries, you would need one male plant for every six to eight female plants for pollination. The male flowers are catkins. The female flowers are again pale yellow before the leaf buds out. That's a little bit unusual. Female plants then fruit anywhere from July to November, and that depends upon the specific species that were, you know, they have subspecies of this plant now because they've worked so much with it. It grows in so many diverse locations, which I think is another really interesting part of this plant because it can grow at sea coasts and tolerate the sea spray. It can grow in near desert-like conditions in Central Asia. In Europe, it's subalpine above, above the tree line and it also grows along river banks and other places. It has been used as um, something that would reclaim soil 
or inhibit soil erosion because it has an extensive and quite aggressive root system. So in some places it might be considered a little bit invasive. Um, I think right now we would welcome that. We'd like to get this plant going, wouldn't we? Um, and it's, it's a good plant for wildlife habitat as well. Wonderful. What about historical uses of this plant? What were you able to find? Well, I've known about this plant for many years. Um, it first came across as being used in a lot of cosmetic things and then as a supplement, the oil from the, from the berries. But legends tell us that farmers in Russia, Siberia, Mongolia, which is a real horse culture, would let their old horses out to pasture, to roam rather than putting them down and many days later, these horses were said to return back to their farm and were mistaken for much younger colts because they had so much more vigor and their, their um, colt coat was much shinier than it had been. So that tells us a, quite a lot about it. Genghis Khan credited this plant for the strength and endurance of his horses. And you know, his armies could only move with those horses. So that was important. Um, Greek and Roman myths say that Pegasus, the winged horse, probably fed on this plant and that's what gave him the energy to fly. And when I think about it, uh, you can now see that there are some energy drinks that are including sui buckthorn as one of their ingredients. So Greeks and Romans 4,000 years ago <laughs> knew about this, we're just catching on. I also read that at one time they were planted, um, this plant was given out to Canadian farmers to create shields around their fields. So that was interesting. I don't know if it became invasive there or not. I suspect it's probably okay. Um, the Cold War brought Russia and Eastern German horticulturists together to develop new varieties. And this is where I'm talking about the subspecies. They wanted to increase the nutritional value, they wanted to make the berries larger, and they wanted to lengthen the time that they would ripen. So we have some ripening in Ju July, but all the way to November on other subspecies. So they could draw out the season that this was available fresh. Most often the berry was used as um, after it was fermented or frozen because it was so astringent otherwise. And then it was mixed into other juices, made into pies, jams, the usual suspects that you would have any kind of fruit use. What I found interesting was they would press that fruit down and then it would evolve into three layers and the top layer being very orange and creamy, the middle layer being all of the essential fatty acids contained there. And the lower layer would be the juice and any pulp that was left. And so they would separate those on purpose to use for different things. So the top two layers were cosmetic industry, um, anti-aging creams, anything that would affect the skin, including radiation treatment. So Russian cosmonauts were using this for um, blocking radiation while they were in space. And uh, India used it to provide immunity to their troops in cold weather. So there's a lot going on with this plant very complex. Yes, yes it is, and it has a lot to offer. Um, Terry, if we look at the shrub itself, what, what significance would you say it has medicinally? You've told us about so much, but is there more that you would consider? 
Well, they've called it a super fruit lately. And um, previously throughout history, they've called it wonder plant or holy fruit in some parts of the world. It's known to have an abundance of vitamins, including A, a wide variety of Bs, C, E, K, tons of omega fatty acids, and that's where a lot of the benefits come from. But it's also known to have 18 out of 22 amino acids, which are the building block for protein, um, and many minerals as well. So right now, currently it's being investigated um, to try to reduce cancers and also to reverse the growth of some cancers. And again, the, the whole cosmetic issue with it is they're trying to find, they're using it for treating eczema, radiation burns, injuries, um, aging skin, but they're also discovering that it probably has some cardiovascular and immune benefits. So I'm sure you can tell us more about that. Yeah, I will, I will. Yeah. Thanks, Terry. So the, when we look at gymo, the gymotherapy extract of sea buckthorn, so once this has been put into the bottle, we've got some really powerful actions. And um, its primary one is as an immune system tonic. And, and this is why it's so important today. This is the extract I've recommended for all of my clients and customers and practitioners I work with to have people on right now in the face of this virus. Um, but it, it's interesting because it also is a central nervous system tonic. So first of all, in this immune system tonic, it resolves inflammation and infectious states. But it has a unique quality that I think really sets it apart. And when you said that about cancer, it really uh, triggered something. See, buckthorn is able to modify the pH in the regions of infections. And I think this is where we're going to see more development around this, because obviously that's helpful when we come across viruses and flus, but when we're talking about a more serious diseases such as cancer, I can imagine that really being hopeful. What um, it does for the nervous system is serve as a tonic in which it's able to protect the levels of dopamine and acetylcholine, the main neurotransmitters for the parasympathetic state. And this protection helps improve brain function, maintain memory, and improve mood. It can help, um, mo it's a very motivating extract that help with for forward motion. Now, it has a secondary action, and Terry, this, I really wanna, found a connection here. The secondary action is as an antioxidant for further brain protection. But because of that, and it's so powerful, if there isn't good drainage in the body, we can get some aggravation. So you talked about the plant requiring good drainage, and I think there's a real correlation there that's really important. So if we're using it on someone that doesn't have good elimination and doesn't have good drainage, so to speak, we have to be careful because it is so powerful. Powerful in a good way, but we need to put it in the right system. So how am I using it in my practice and who might consider this? Well, acutely right now, 
I wish I could hand it to every person I saw, every checker at the grocery store, every postman. In fact, I did hand it to mine. And everyone that's coming in contact with people on a regular basis today. And it's um, so it's useful right now, but we're going to have cold and flu seasons every year where it's useful. People in high contact jobs, such as teachers or those who work in retail or healthcare positions could use C. buckthorn all the time. I see C. buckthorn for the prevention of and at the very start of an acute situation, but then it can be set aside. There, we have deeper acting extracts that can then help move that inflammation that are more effective than C. buckthorn. But here's where I really love C. buckthorn, and that's in microdoses. It, it can produce a remarkable uplift to mood, and it's help, it helps with memory, and it also improves creativity. And if there's an aggravation from this, I would say it's because your body's not draining well. And so we, you might need to look at maybe just taking it once a week or twice a week it, until your drainage systems improve, just like the plant needs. Now, in chronic cases for C. buckthorn, I've often put children on this through the winter or adults who struggle and need extra protection for their immune system. Um, and then for aging adults to help protect their brain. It is such a powerful brain protection. And what we know about um, C. buckthorn is that there is no problem with taking this long-term. It can be taken for years at a time, which is beautiful. So there it is, um, lots to do, do with C. buckthorn. I made several notes too while you were speaking, Terry, because you brought up something and I did want to bring this up as well because of its ability to protect from radiation acutely we can use it when we're flying or for dental procedures it would be very useful so I'm sure you're going to bring us a whole additional spin to this Megan what do you have to share from the Asian medicine lens Yeah, thank you, Terry and Lauren. I um, I love everything that you just said about all the uses. That is right online with how I'm seeing it too. And just like you heard uh, Terry say that based on where it grows, it makes sense that there's a lot of historical usage in traditional Chinese and Japanese medicine uh, with the sea buckthorn fruit. It's considered uh, in that culture to be a warming herb that resolves phlegm and stops cough in its herb form. So remember that through the lens of Asian medicine, phlegm is a result of our fluids congealing. Mm -hmm. So really what this is telling us is that C. buckthorn's function is to keep our chi and fluids moving, both by strengthening the spleen and stomach, which are our main digestive organs, and the functions of our lung energy, which oversee the nose and throat, and of course the lungs. Sea buckthorn's use in gemotherapy as a tonic for the immune system is very congruent with how Asian medicine views this plant also. Similar to the term immune system, in Asian medicine, the first layer of defense against pathogens is what we call whey. And you may have heard me talk about this in other recordings. It's a surface layer of chi that acts as a gatekeeper or a, a protector against pathogens for our system. And like all chi, whey is a function of our digestion system and a function of our lung energy. 
One of lung's primary functions is to spread. It disperses the Wei Qi to act as a sort of shield for our system, but the spreading function also applies to its relationship in deeper, more internal Qi and fluids. So when a pathogen does get past our first layer, C. buckthorn is useful in this context also because like Lauren said, it creates an environment that just is not conducive to inflammation or infection. And perhaps this is partially by the changing of the pH. Although C. buckthorn is a warm, tonic herb, it's more neutral than other warm herbs. And especially in its gemotherapy form, it can be taken by most people long-term and it does not aggravate heat. If we think about spleen's nature, it's to ascend. And if we think about stomach's nature, its partner, it's to descend. And the nature and the ability of lungs is to spread. So if we put those together and look at the function of the gemotherapy use of C. buckthorn as an extract, we can see that it strengthens and balances both physically and like Lauren said, mentally and emotionally in a way that's gentle and usually isn't overstimulating. Wow, Megan, exciting. It's a great extract to consider and it's an extract that should be in every home today and in your family kit for sure. So if you want to learn more about gemotherapy, I've got plenty to share. And I suggest you head over to my website at lauren at uh, com, And I would also recommend you have a look at some of my books. I have one about gemotherapy for children and I have a brand new one out to help you restore your own immunity. You can find all that right on my website. And Terry, what might you suggest to people today? Today, I suggest go outside, get some fresh air, get some exercise, look for a feather, look for a pretty stone, um, find where the new growth is, both in yourself and your family and in the natural world. Yeah, beautiful. What a great, what a great suggestion. I'm going to do that right after our call. And Megan, what about you? Yeah, thanks, Lauren and Terry. It was great to join with you today. If you're interested in finding out more about Asian medicine or my practice, you can visit AccuLemp.com. And I think that just like Terry said, getting out and exploring new growth, and I think that's what C. Buckthorn does. So I think it's a great place to end. Great. Thank you. Thanks, ladies. Thanks, everyone.